Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Andrew Jacobson. Happy birthday to you. See, BG got me all flustered. I gotta do it again. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Andrew Jacobson. Happy birthday to you. I'm terrible at singing. And Bees just wants her alligator. Get rid of this little dog. Ugh, I hate her. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I am Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. I have this little bit of a bruise under my eye. I got popped too close with the needle. Just keep it real. It's what it is. I got hit with the needle a little too close. Um, got some Botox in my eyebrows, too. Right now, I'm not exactly happy because this one looks like I can smell what the rock is cooking. But yeah, uh, that's just really what happened was it wasn't the doctor's fault. It was like uh, I had to go out in the heat after I did it and you're not supposed to go out in the heat because it could and it just it's it is what it is. I mean, like I was in the heat in the heat. If you just walk through the heat and get to AC, you'll be fine. But this is probably more information than anybody needs. Plus, if any of you get Botox, you probably already know how that works anyway. And if you don't. Well then, I don't know, hit me up in the DMs. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna be that accessible anymore coming up because um, I'm putting together a Patreon. Everybody needs a little lunch money every now and then. And uh, people always hit me with uh, like, you know, hey, here's some, have lunch on me or here's some lunch money. And so like, that's part of the thinking with it. Uh, and also like, you know, I don't know how much I'm gonna wanna be on the road. So I'll probably start doing more online content and figure that out. Cause uh, you know, just being on the road really isn't for me the way it used to be. Like that's why sometimes, you know, I get a little short with other comics when it's their first time being on the road and they're just trying to have fun and I get it you still see the road that way. I still see it as fun from time to time or in certain cities I'll check out certain sites or you know I went to the Oklahoma City the Murr Federal Building and stuff like that like I've seen some cool stuff in my time but at the same time I don't really like being on the road like that anymore so it's like having to figure that out and knowing the reality and like what we're coming out of it or maybe staying in for a little while I don't know what's happening but that's where that's at, you know? So I'm putting together a Patreon and um, I just, I, I like the idea better also because YouTube, the thing was, if you remember, a lot of you probably started watching me on YouTube, the people that wa started watching me from YouTube, which I know I haven't been the best about uploading and I was doing really well for a while, but this is the reason why. Because the way that they pay on YouTube changed and so it left less incentive. It was like, you know, well, because you know like when you shoot even a basic video like some of the videos i was doing because i would edit in like pieces from news stories and stuff like that if you remember when i was doing the 30-day challenge my 30-day challenge which was also how i ended up getting monetized monetized on youtube and getting money in the first place so it, it was a good experiment and stuff like that but 
it was a different way that they paid when I was doing that. So now they changed it and the way that they changed it makes it so it's really not worth the time, especially for a person like me that's like a little bit more edgy and so it changes the way that the advertising works and stuff like that. So it is what it is and I'm not complaining about it even a little bit. Like I'm just, I think the main thing right now for everybody, and I know I say this all the time, but is just being willing to evolve with whatever it is that's going on in your industry. Like that's the best advice I can give to absolutely anybody is just like, just roll with the punches and see where things take you. Because if you're really rigid right now, it's not going to work out. Like you see that even with like simple things like masks and stuff like that. I've already let it be known on several platforms that I'm not really down with the mask. I don't think it's doing that much. And I know some people get mad at you for even saying that and say you're stupid and you're denying science and whatever. And we can go through that and I can tell you my reasons and exactly the way I think. And maybe one day I will go all the way into it. But for right now, I would just say that... I wear a mask wherever I need to wear a mask so that everybody can stay open, so that people can get open, like I'm doing my part in that way. So uh, I wish more people were willing to just evolve, you know, like some people don't respect the social distancing. I personally feel like if I'm going to wear a mask so that everybody feels better, then the least you guys can do is social distance because I don't like having people around me like that to begin with. And then when we have a pandemic and I know that some people are going to make the numbers go up, I feel like no matter what, I'll be fine. I'm just too healthy. And I know some people will get mad at you for saying that too, but you know, that's the thing with everything. People get mad at you about everything. And at the same time, the people that actually watch my stuff are not that type. Like the people that pay attention to me get that every once in a while, my opinion can be vastly different from yours. And your having a different opinion doesn't bother me. I don't feel like I have to convince you of anything and make you see things my way. And, you know, vice versa. I just feel like, you know, we can just respect each other where we're at and be like, okay, well, there's a million other things to talk about. You know, like masks aren't the only thing going on in the world. And when you look at some of the stuff that's happening in the world, it's kind of like, do we still have to make trivial things into really big deals when we have so much serious stuff going on like no matter what you think of the pandemic like me personally I'll tell you where I'm at with the pandemic itself like I have said this before I'm not a conspiracy guy on this so it's not like I feel like it's just a hoax and the government wants to like you know have us cover our mouths so we can't communicate and whatever else you know I've heard all of them and like you know some of them I think it's important to at least pay attention to the uh, conspiracy theories because not all of them are crazy some of them you're like well there could be a grain of truth in that and I feel like there is at least a grain of truth in almost every conspiracy theory but when you think about the way that people were reporting and in some cases misreporting and then Chicago or Illinois had said that no matter what, if the person has COVID, they consider it a COVID death, even if it's like anything. And it really was anything. If they had tested positive for COVID, then it was considered a COVID death. So when you have that kind of stuff, and then I was just, a friend of mine just told me, sorry, let me finish that thought. A friend of mine just told me that they had two people that they knew that went in and didn't even get tested, but they told them they were COVID positive. And at first that sounded pretty unbelievable even to me, even though I know my friend wouldn't lie to me because my friend is a grown man and he's just not that type and he's not even a conspiracy guy or whatever. He was just saying that this was like a weird thing. But he knew two people that went in 
didn't even get tested. They told them they had COVID. And then I get home and I see a similar story on Facebook. And so I think it, like it's, it's been a mix of everything that's made everything, like as far as all the numbers and stuff like that, just be off. So you can't really count on that. And then when it came to like, you know, the Black Lives Matter or George Floyd peaceful protest, um, the protest I think that was a really good missed opportunity to actually gather a lot of data, but because they wanted to make sure that they stayed politically correct and didn't blame anything, which I don't think there was like a huge, huge um, spike because of that, but like obviously it factors in. So if we're trying to figure things out, we need to kind of throw political correctness by the wayside and be like, okay, what's the exact science on this? Like, it doesn't matter what they're protesting. The fact is we have a lot of people gathered in one particular area. We can do some good research there. Same with Sturgis. Some people were so upset about Sturgis, but if they're going to do it anyway, then why not go see how much data you can collect? And in the end, if you're like, you know, okay, well, we've got a better idea. It's better than where you were before, but Instead, everybody wants to be upset about everything, and I just don't live that way. I don't live in panic, I don't live in fear. And I know that that does get under some people's skin because they think we're all supposed to be built the same, but it's like, there's a reason different people are designed different ways, you know? Um, like for me, a lot of times what's going on online is, is starting to matter less and less just because I have more and more that I actually wanna take care of in real life. And also, I have really good people around me. So for me, a lot of times life is going so well that it's like my online life is cool and it's fun or whatever, but it's a distraction. The real life is the life that's right around me. The real life is when I was playing Cards Against Humanity with three of my, four of my really good friends. They're both couples and I was the fifth wheel. Um, real life is also great. And like, you know, I went to Bellagio and Caesar's Palace and several other sightseeing, just fun things on the strip with Bruce Leonard and his new girlfriend, Charlie Hester. And I had just met her and she's such a sweet lady and they're such a great couple and it's just great to see your friends in love. You know, the other group that I was with for uh, Cards Against Humanity was two couples that are, you know, married and like there's just so much good like right around me that it's kind of like what do I really need to go online for? So that's becoming a thing too where it's like you're going to see me online less and less and well, you know, I'll be shooting content, so there'll be more actual like this. But like, as far as me commenting on stuff or being on Facebook that much or Twitter, I just don't know how much that's gonna continue because life is getting so busy and I know it probably shouldn't be this busy in a shutdown, but it is busy and it's great. And I'm not gonna try to stop that to be like, okay, let me focus on my online life. More and more coming up online for me will be more about just promoting. And this is where you guys can talk to me or you can check me out on my YouTube or like that kind of stuff. You know, people are so unproductive in their arguments too. Like that's the other thing that discourages me from really being online like that anymore. You know, like I've met some really great people. Um, like last week when I was talking about Ariel, Ariel Isaac Norman, uh, who is the co-host of the Gender Fluids podcast. And I was like, I have to listen to Gender Fluids. And I finally did listen to it. You guys can check it out on Stitcher and it's called Gender, Gender Fluids, the podcast is I believe what it's called. And, um, but if you just search Gender Fluids 
on you know Google it'll come up check it out on stitcher then you don't have to download anything you can play it right there stitcher is really convenient unbothered by Tyra Vera is also on stitcher but that's besides the point anyway we're talking about gender fluids and so Ariel hit me up which last week if you remember I was talking about her and I was saying like I don't know how she identifies and I think she's non-binary. Turns out she is non-binary. Uh, she doesn't like really identify as a non-binary, which maybe one day I'll have her on the podcast however I can. Maybe I'll finally do a Zoom show because I think she's interesting enough and cool enough and like is really my kind of person when it comes to LGBT because she accepts that non-binary isn't, it's like a new thing for a lot of people. Even I had trouble navigating it and she like kinda uh, said that, you know, she thought I handled it really well or whatever and that she's fine with people being a little confused and I'm paraphrasing here of course, but like, you know, she still uses the she, her pronouns and she's like, she doesn't worry about pronouns or doesn't need pronouns to, I guess, uh, validate what what it is she is. I try to use the best words possible because I do accept that things are changing. Like I say, evolution is the key to everything for me. So, um, it, like I take an example like Ariel. Ariel is so great about being willing to explain uh, how she identifies, what she is, and talk about that. And that's what people really do need. Like, because of the way that she talked to me in the message, like, usually I'm not a they, them pronouns person, which if you're not familiar, a lot of non-binary people um, will go by the they, them pronouns. So, you know, you refer to them as basically plural. And um, usually I'm not down with that. But if I like a person... I will go with whatever it is they want me to go with because I like them as a person and that's a part of respecting them as a person. But when you yell at me or you come at me with these ridiculous arguments that make no sense, like the other day I was on Twitter and there was this girl that was giving Jeffree Star a hard time, you know, in his tweets, which Jeffree Star probably didn't even read, but I got annoyed because she was saying that the word dyke was such an offensive word to all lesbians and i jumped in and i was like have you ever heard of the dyke march before because there's a dyke march at every pride so if you're trying to say that everybody is offended by this word keep that same energy when you end up at a pride and you see the dyke march and go let the dykes know that they are not allowed to identify as and so then that turned into this whole thing where she was like you know well it's still very offensive to lesbian and it's like ah uh, you don't get, like, you don't speak for everybody. And plus, you're not even a lesbian. The girl I was talking to was not a lesbian. Well, then that's when she tried to be like, you know, well, technically I'm questioning. And I was like, so you haven't even, like, figured it out, but you're arguing with me who's been around forever. And I know so many lesbians. I know so many trans people. I mean, like, I really have lived an LGBT life, even though people try to constantly take that away from me because I vote a different way than they think I, I should vote or I say things that I ne shouldn't necessarily say. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean that I'm not LGBT. That doesn't mean that I haven't had the life experiences and met the people that I've met. Like, you can't take that away from me just because I say something you don't agree with. And a lot of people do agree with the things I'm saying when it comes to LGBT. They're just not as vocal about it because they don't feel like arguing. They don't feel like being shouted down. 
but a lot of us aren't bothered by the words that other people use. Like me, I identify as a fag. Like some people think I do that to be inflammatory. I don't at all. I identify as a fag because when I grew up, we were fags, they were fags, and I didn't realize I was a fag or I didn't want to accept that I was a fag, which I shouldn't say realize because I knew. I just didn't want to accept it. You know, I wasn't ready to actually make that my reality. Plus, I grew up in a smaller town, you know. Well, not a small town, but like a smaller community. And so, like, you know, one day I just owned who I was and it's a fag and that's what it is. So, you know, I'm not going to go backwards in my thinking. And now because you're offended by these particular words and you think nobody should use them, now suddenly I'm going to start getting offended and acting out of character for what's my normal comfort level at this point. Like, I don't care about other people's words and I'm not looking to other people to validate me like that's one thing they kept telling me on Twitter because I ended up going back and forth with quite a few people on that particular thread which I didn't mind because I felt like they really needed to be educated and since most of them were identifying as allies I wanted to let them know like this isn't your job as an ally like technically you're not helping what you do is you make people not want to learn or not want to accept something that's different because you are so not willing to bend and it's like that's what a lot of things are about right now when you have people that do have open minds like most people i deal with and i do deal with a lot of people in a lot of more rural areas or places where they're not necessarily the most well versed in lgbt a lot of those people, when I talk to them after the shows or when you know I'm dealing with them online afterwards, they're actually very open to a lot of things. There's just certain things that they either don't understand or certain lines that they have. And it's okay for people to have their lines. It's okay for people to be like, okay, like I'm fine with all of this. I'm fine with your pronouns. I'm fine with um, respecting the way that you identify. I'm fine with you know accepting everything to do with you except for the fact that i don't necessarily think that trans women have a place in female sports and then suddenly now that person is transphobic and it's like no this one difference of opinion does not make them transphobic especially when we all know there are biological differences you know it's just what it is otherwise you wouldn't have to take hormones so it's not like anybody's trying to bash you by just pointing out that simple reality so then we all can just say like okay your way is your way and the way you see it and the way I see it is the way I see it and eventually you know it'll be decided in some way whether that be the Supreme Court or the different governing bodies of the different athletic organizations that are in charge of whatever it is we're debating and it gets decided by people that are not always smarter than us but that's their job or that's what they do there was also a tweet not too long ago that this girl put out where she was like you know if you won't date trans women or you don't think dating trans women is for you then you're basically a trans it's basically that you're because you're transphobic and you don't see trans women as women it's just like that's the word you're not helping right now like you're not helping even a little bit because now people are feeling like okay so in order to accept this I have to say that I'm okay with dating a trans person and even be okay with dating a trans person because maybe even if you call it lady dick or girl dick is another one I've heard like maybe that's doing something for the branding on your end but 
to a lot of people I know that just sounds kind of weird and like it's cool if you want to be different and stuff like that but you got to accept not everybody's into lady dick or girl dick some people don't want any dick like they don't care what gender it's attached to they're just like I don't want dick you know not everybody wants a dick and I think that that's like a good analogy for like LGBT and the way that uh, people within the community sometimes treat people that haven't had the exposure. It's kind of like the first time you ever took a dick, right? Like some of you bitches have been throwing it back for years. So you forgot the first dick you ever took may not have even been a starter dick. Like, you know, maybe it was a big dick. And at first you couldn't take all of that dick. It had to go, you know, like it slipped in a little bit. Maybe your knees buckled and it like you punched a wall and you were like, I don't want to do this. I'm not cut out for this. But then, uh, you know, as you became more and more comfortable with yourself, she just she just set herself free and you were ready to be fucked in the asshole and that's what America is going through like they they they're just taking the head of the dick right now you know but it's it's all coming and they know it's all coming and their knees are buckling a little bit sometimes when you really force these ideas but you got to be patient with the dick i don't know if that was the best analogy or not but it was fun for me i mean like i and becoming the king of TMI. And it's not anything I try to do. It's just like, you know, and I don't even think about sex. Well, that's the problem. I don't think about sex the way a lot of people do. Like one time I got in a huge argument with the guy that I was dating because I told him, you know, like we had broken up. And then his big thing was like, you know, have you slept with anybody else? Because we were talking about possibly getting back together. And I was like, mm, I don't really feel comfortable answering that question, which of course means that I was. And then he was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you would fuck somebody else that quickly and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, one, I fuck. And two, the other thing is like to me, sex is like eating, like you you know, I'm not going to not eat because we're not together or because we broke up or because we're on a break or whatever is going on. You know, I still need to eat and I still need to have sex and I still need to, you know, work and do the things I do. And he was like, that's not the same and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we look at things differently. And so, you know, obviously I'm single now. So slide in them DMs, just playing. I know the botherinas and the botherinas are not the slide in your DMs type. Like a lot of people that listen to me are straight and also female and also, um, well, it's weird. Like it's kind of like, um, you know, well, you know who you are. So, you know, it's like nobody that I'm trying to fuck. They're not on my platforms like that. Well, there's a lot of flirting in my Instagram stories because if you guys haven't seen, I'm naked on the Instagram stories all the time. So, like, if there's a place that people flirt with me, it, was prob it probably would be Instagram. Um, <laughs> well, not probably. It, it would be Instagram. But, you know, it's like whatever like and that's the other thing you know like people make such a big deal of sex and they make it seem like you're such a dirty person for having sex but if you go and get tested regularly and you're taking care of yourself and it's not even a thing you know it's just a part of having a fun life 
Like that's one thing I think a lot of people are really, really missing right now is fun in their lives. And just because you've got a social distance and you can't be out at all the places that usually go out to doesn't mean that you can't have a fun life. Like I think a lot of people get the idea that I'm out like with strangers a lot more than I'm out with strangers. Even when I'm out, a lot of times I have a core group that I hang out with and that that's the exposure that I'm getting is the people that around are around me. And like I said, I already don't like people that close to me, so I keep the social distancing pretty going pretty well for myself, you know? So I kind of enforce that. I've told people at the grocery store outright social distance. You know, when they've been too close, one girl was like, "Excuse me?" and I was like, "Social distance." And then she was like, "Oh." And then she backed up. That's what I need. Back, back, back it up. You see the little six foot marker? That's where you need to be. I, you know who I hate though? I'm going to tell you guys, I hate the people that are like, how is it this virus can't go more than six feet, uh, not five foot 11? And, and it's like, here's the deal. The CDC and the WHO decided that it was six feet because it's probably really four feet, but they knew you goons don't know how to listen. And so, you know, even four feet is an estimate. So they said, okay, well, if it's, we think it's four that it can spread, then let's make it six. And then hopefully these goons stay four away and it turns out to be three. Like, that's the way that things work. I mean, like some of you guys, it's like, I'm on your side is the worst part. You know, I can't take when people are like unwilling to see anything past their own like belief system or accept that nobody is perfect. You know, like I was on a thread um, not too long ago and this lady was like, you know, that's what I love about Donald Trump is he cannot be bought. And I was like, can we not? Can we at least acknowledge, like, I, I get tired of people for not, that's the whole reason that I could not vote for Hillary, no matter how much anybody wanted me to, was because nobody was willing to admit that A, she was a terrible candidate, or a lot of people that were on the left weren't willing to accept that. They thought she was a gift from God. And also, they couldn't acknowledge that there were certain things that she had done wrong, or that she had, or that she hadn't handled the best. And I was like, you know, well, how do you expect me to go into this with that mindset? Like a lot of the people that I knew that were supporting Trump, and I know there are the hardcore, the religious zealots that really want to believe he's been sent by God or whatever. But most of the people I were dealing with was were like, yeah, he's a flawed candidate. He's a flawed human being. But at the same time, he's better than the alternative. And so I can always accept when people are at least willing to own and be like, okay, well, this is the problem. Because if not, when it came to Hillary, if she had been elected, I feel like a lot more stuff would have flown under the radar that wasn't going to serve us as the American people. So when those are my choices, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely go with, going with the person that nobody trusts and everybody's going to keep an eye on as opposed to the person that people see as a blessing and are maybe going to get a, let get away with more than they should get away with, especially when we know what her history was and her husband's history was. And when people were going hardcore on the like, she's a feminist type of thing or she's a feminist icon, it was like, well, not really with the way she treated Paula Jones. Like if you look into that and that's not me just digging stuff up, it's just like I've got to take all of the factors into account when I'm trying to make a 
decision that's supposed to be pretty important. You know, I know it doesn't all land on me, but I do take my responsibility seriously. So I do look at both sides and I'm like, okay, this is this and this is that. You know, sometimes people would bring up very uh, like run of the mill things about Donald Trump, you know, or they'd be like, well, you know, that this isn't his first marriage. And I can't even remember. I think this is his third marriage, if I'm correct. Um, but it's like, yeah, I know he's had failed marriages because I was raised during the time when he was a hot topic, you know, and so if you know anything about that, he was in Star Magazine because his uh, his mistress, Marla Maples, he booked this hoe, his side chick, at the same, like, ski lodge where he and his family were. So somehow his wife at the time, his first wife, Ivana, ended up crossing paths with Marla Maples and they had paparazzi shots of them having the confrontation with each other where I'm sure Ivana was like, you somebody side bitch. And so uh, it was a whole thing, you know, and then Marla Maples, who became Donald Trump's wife, like he's one of the ones that did turn his mistress into the wife. And uh, that didn't end up lasting that long, but she had a campaign with the brand of jeans called No Excuses Jeans. And she was a little bit of a celebrity in her own right after her hookup with him. So not really in her own right, if you know what I'm saying, because it was because she was his mistress that she even became a celebrity. And then of course he's gonna put some money behind her and be like, you know, we need to get this bitch doing something so I can hopefully hedge my bets when it comes to alimony because you know this isn't going to last plus she's going to get child support anyway because she ended up getting pregnant like right after they got married then it was a whole thing but that was before like cancel culture was like what it is now because now you know if a man had his mistress and then his wife ended up confronting her on the slopes well first off tmz would have got all the audio on that because like i said there was paparazzi around even back in those days and so it just would have been a whole different situation the way it would have played out now. So a lot of us like lived through that or saw like bits and pieces of it. And then people would bring up the bankruptcies and like, you know, he would talk about that on different morning shows and stuff like that. So a lot of people that were up on pop, pop culture throughout the years, the stuff that people bring up, it's like, yeah, that wasn't, you know, that's not really an issue because it's not a secret. Like we all knew that. So... You know, I know younger generation maybe didn't, but you know, if you remember, Donald Trump was also getting shout outs and rap songs because people wanted to live like Donald Trump. Like, you know, it's so watching the shift and watching the way that he went from being like fun, like pop culture. Uh, and he was never, well, he was an icon to some people, you know, like the people that were in finance and stuff like that, even though. Like, it, when people say about him failing at a lot of things, like, everybody knows that. So, like, he was still a hero, though, for branding, like, you know, or an icon for branding, because that's why, um, what's it called, The Apprentice was so big, because people did associate with, like, he had a name, you know, so it's not like he's done absolutely nothing, he just hasn't been the best at everything or a lot of things, but I don't really know who's looking for that in this country, you know? Like right now, today, Joe Biden announced that Kamala Harris was gonna be his running mate, you know, the VP pick. And it's like her past is so flawed that it's, 
it's really going to be interesting to see the way that people are going to have to do the mental gymnastics. Like I already see people pulling out the extra big words because when you don't want to take something head on, you go big words so that it's like, okay, that sounded like it made sense, but you might still be bullshitting me. I don't know exactly, but you might still, I'm not smart enough to work my way around those words, but when I get my dictionary, you might be in a little bit of trouble. There might be a thing between us. I might start getting a real case of the hey yes. But yeah, so we're just going to see how it plays out. You know, I'm personally voting for Donald Trump again. So if that makes you not want to like me, not want to support me, think I need to be canceled, let's make sure we get that out there now because I don't want to be dealing. The one thing I hate is because I voted for him last time and throughout the, you know, his term, I've been pretty like vocal about still being good with my vote. And, but every once in a while, somebody will be brand new and they'll be like, well, now that I know you support him. And it's really weird when it's people that have been following me for several years on social media. It's like, have you never seen any of my posts? Like, did you miss all of 2015? It's it's really, you know, 2015, 2016, I was having to talk about that and defend that and do all sorts of stuff. You know, I did shows that were around it. I did panels about it. Like, I did a lot of stuff. So when there is like, all this time you didn't know? Okay, but if that's how little you pay attention, then you're not a real supporter anyway. So did I really lose anything? Did I just lose like one click on Facebook or whatever? Or one, not even click, just a person, you know, a number for no reason. It's like when it comes to canceling, that's why I always say, you know, like you can't cancel what you never subscribe to. Like it's just not the way it works. But, you know, I, I try my best to stay open, even though I know that sometimes I do make people mad. And then but also it's just par for the course. Like, how can you have opinions in this day and age and not make somebody mad? Like, you know, if I were on the other side and extreme to the left, then there'd be a lot of people that currently like me now that would be like, you know, not the best with that. But what I like about the right is that they're still open to conversation. And so like, you know, I can have some good conversations and disagree and then come back to being like, okay, well, we're still friends or whatever. But even some of my friends on the left had gotten a little too extreme for me. Like there's a guy that I really did respect that ended up becoming just a little too, well, he was becoming a little too toxic on social media, which I know some people would like be like, well, that's the pot calling the kettle black. But really, those are people that don't know anything about me because I'll have a little fun debating or whatever on social media, but I'm not holding on to a lot of stuff and I don't think about people that much. Like that's one of the main things with me is like all of this stuff, I let it go. And at the end of the day, it is what it is and whatever happened, happened. But I'm not worried about anybody in everyday life. Like like I said, I live my life in the real world. So you'll have a little fun on Facebook, troll a little bit. And by trolling, it's not even trolling. Sometimes it's just like being like, uh-uh, let's not forget about this because I am willing to admit that this is going on on my side, but then you pretend like that's not happening on your side. And so let's make sure that we're all having an honest conversation right now. And 
most people seem to get that, even have fun with it. They poke back at me every once in a while because every once in a while I'll post something that seems a little off or whatever where they're not getting it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely deal with you poking at me a little bit, you know, and asking me some questions or wanting to know. Um, I don't deal with the people that are all at all passive aggressive, though, or just share GIFs all the time. If your entire argument or debate consists of GIFs, I'm not doing it with you. I just don't have time to sit here and be like, oh, well, that's a funny GIF. Let me pick one now. It's like, no, let's have a conversation. Let's actually use our words. Let's actually see where we're different. And let's see if maybe we can come to a little bit of understanding. And if we don't come to an understanding, we can just agree to disagree, live to fight another day. But if you try to go on and on about something, I just, I get bored. I'm like, I really didn't care that much. Like I put something out there and it's not the hill I'm going to die on because there's no hills around me and I'm not ready to die yet. So it's all of it's just stuff to talk about, you know, it's, but the way that people get toxic on Facebook sometimes, like one of my friends, he was like accusing people of using coded language. And like some of the people he, were ta he was talking to, you could tell by their responses, they were true hillbillies. And it was like, yeah, this person isn't sophisticated enough to be talking in coded language right now. There are no dog whistles going on. This person just posted something that you didn't necessarily agree with, but also at the same time, arbitrarily was not racist. You know, like there was one where a guy shared a meme of the man, uh, Daryl is his first name, and I can't remember his last name, but he has like talked to a lot of KKK members and actually gotten them to retire being KKK or renounce the KKK to the point where they've given him their robes and hoods. And it's like, you know, some hillbilly type person was like, this is how it's done. And the other friend was like, thank you for telling black people how they're supposed to handle things. And it's like, no, you don't get that this isn't one that you necessarily need to attack. Because in this particular instance, it's one person being able to see at least one person of color, in their opinion, making a difference and making a positive difference and doing something in a way other than arguing with people. Now, I listened to Daryl's interview on Joe Rogan's podcast. If you want, search Daryl KKK Joe Rogan on Google, and I'm sure the episode will come up and you can watch it for yourself. But he talks about, like, in some cases it takes months, in some cases it takes years, like literal years. And it's just of him being like a non-pressure friend. If you watch the episode, you'll see like his, his style of doing things is through conversation and he does have to walk through some scary moments. Like he talked to, talked about a scary moment he had where um, he was meeting with a, I think it was a grand wizard or a grand dragon of the KKK. I don't remember, but it was somebody really high up. And they had a weird situation where like a fan clicked or the AC cut on and like everybody, like, you know, the guy doesn't have a gun, but like, you know, the security guy had a gun that was watching over the grand master, grand, ja grand dragon, grand master, I think might be karate. Who knows? I'm not a KKK guy. I just watched the interview and I retain nothing. Like I tell people, people are really getting an idea now, now that they hang out with me more that like I don't retain a lot of stuff. I think I was at the one year anniversary for my friend's show, Tom Bomb. He has a show coming up this Saturday. And uh, I think I was at the one year anniversary for his show, but I can't remember. 
And uh, the only reason it even got brought up was because the other day he mentioned that it had been over a year now that he'd been doing his show. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that the anniversary had come up. And then he sent me a like, you know, something sarcastic with emojis. And so I was like, so I would imagine I was probably at the part or at the one year anniversary show or maybe I was. And then he sent me back like, I think you were. And that's how bad my memory is. Like, I don't retain a lot of stuff you know so that's also the reason that i don't hold on to grudges or things like that even though sometimes people will get mad at me and they stay mad at me forever and i'm just like yeah i don't even really remember what our thing was about and it's not that big a deal to me you know there are certain people that have done things that have been wrong enough that i really wouldn't want to be around them or trust them again but that's pretty rare usually it's just kind of misunderstanding stuff and once people are willing to accept what their role was in the misunderstanding, then I'm fine with it, you know, because I usually know what my role is in things, even sometimes being a little bit more, sometimes I can be a little more hair trigger about certain things because I'm just like, yeah, I've been through this before, I know how it works, and this one is really going to get on my nerves. So let's not give this a lot of time at all, you know, like let's just accept that you fucked up because when it comes to like you know my discrepancies with people or my differences with people usually that comes from being on the road because i don't hang out with people that i don't like and but every once in a while i'll go on the road with somebody that's newer or said they wanted to go on the road and so i'll take them and then unprofessional behavior will start happening and i'm like you know some of this i would be all right with because it would just be your business but the parts that I have a problem with, I really have a problem with because it does affect my life, it does affect my schedule, it does affect when we get to the show. There are things that are sometimes affected by people's unprofessional behavior that they don't see. And because we're in stand-up comedy, a lot of times people will be like, well, this is supposed to be fun and we're supposed to be comedians and we're supposed to be have fun. And it's like, yeah, to a degree, we certainly are. But at the same time, we're also professionals working a job right now. We've got a time we got to be there. We got to make sure that we're there safely. You know, like all these things do matter. So it's not like I just pick reasons to be mad at people or annoyed with people or whatever. And then, you know, sometimes people do have to put up with my quirks when I'm on the road. You know, they're like, I have to put up with theirs and they have to put up with mine. So it's like a balance of like, like filtering out the stuff that's actual bullshit and like dealing with the stuff that's just like personality quirks and stuff like that and then like you know understanding what's professional versus what's unprofessional so I, I like uh, when when it comes to that stuff usually at the end for me it's about lessons and not individuals you know like it, for in the way that my brain translates it or takes it in and puts it back out is that you know it'll throw out a lot of the smaller more petty de details and just hold on to like the major issue or the major lesson that you know the issue ended up exposing so it was sort of like okay well this particular person maybe drank a little bit more than they should have and wasn't the most responsible and so the lesson there would be obviously to watch your drinking when you're on the road and you know like i do miss drinking even though i am not what you would call sober it's like but i very rarely drink like the last time i really drank was around new year's 
So, you know, it's been six, seven months and I have, I've been around a lot of alcohol, but I just don't feel like drinking, you know, but I don't mind when, you know, people that drink more or are younger, so they like drinking more, drink when we're on the road or stuff like that, just as long as it doesn't turn into an unprofessional situation. Like, do I ever miss drinking? Yeah, I guess sometimes I miss drinking, you know, like I miss eating bad food when I was drunk, you know, like. There's nothing like a drunk-ass fucking patty melt. Like, that's one thing. Like, when you're just drunk and making bad decisions and you just slide into a fucking Waffle House and have that good drunk patty melt. Like, that's definitely something I miss is the food and the bad decisions. But, yeah. So, um, you know, I get that different people are going to have their quirks and whatever. And so I let it go. I just decided in my head, like, okay, that person's not good for me being on the road with, or that's maybe not somebody that I'm going to recommend for stuff. I don't usually try to hurt people's chances for getting on anything or getting in anything, but like, I will definitely be honest if somebody, if a booker or a club owner or even bar owner is just like, you know, what do you think of this person as a comic? I'll be completely honest. And the hardest part is sometimes people are funny. So it's like, they're funny. So they're be, they'll be great that way. But what you got to know is the, they might run up kind of a bar tab because there's some people that I know that have really done that to a point where like the bookers have been mad about it. You know, like there's one particular person that I think is so funny and so great. And he helped me out when we were starting out. And I still try to help him out where I can, but I just can't recommend him for stuff because I've seen him really piss off club owners because he's on stage and he's like, all the drinks are free when I'm on stage. And so he'll just ask for a bunch of shots. And by the end of the show, sometimes he's completely drunk on stage and can't even do his job or really close it out the way he needs to. And they're upset because, you know, he drinks a lot of Patron and so they're out a bottle of Patron or however much Patron he decided to drink. So that's less money they can make off that particular bottle. And they just, you know, stuff like that will make you look bad. And so it's just one of those things that you have to watch out for. Um, my point with all that is like, I don't, really think about things I think a lot of times the way that people would think that I do you know and I don't hold on to things the way that a lot of people think that I would and so for me moving forward you know I talked a bit about like the patreon like we're going to start a patreon my friend Chris Doran is helping me if you aren't familiar with Chris Doran super hilarious going to help me we're going to figure things out on the patreon but um, like that's more where I want to focus on things that I can actually build on things that I can actually excel with, you know, like anything from the past, I'm not really trying to deal with on that level. Like I don't care about old school arguments or any of that stuff. Like if I don't like you, I just don't hang out with you. I don't fuck with you as the kids would say. And like, I feel like that should be the same for you. Like, you know, sometimes I hear that people are like talking about me or like telling stories about when, you know, we went on the road together and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you can do that if you want to. I don't mind at all. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind having the stories out there. Um, but the only thing that I usually think about is wouldn't you rather move forward with your life? Wouldn't you rather worry about what it is you're doing or what it is you have coming up? It seems like a waste of time to put all of your like effort and in all of your uh, like creative juices into a person that doesn't think about you, doesn't care about you, doesn't want anything to do with you, you know, and like, 
but you know i don't also don't get in the habit of telling people how to deal with their delusions you know so when people do choose to do that i just feel like okay well that's for you and you can continue to do that i personally though am going to be doing things that will help me out as a person and get me to where i want to be and to the level that i want to be at because there's certain things that I just don't want anymore. You know, like like I said, when it comes to being on the road, I'll do it as much as I have to coming up, but I don't really want to be on the road. And I should mention that I did Sacramento Saturday. I did um, Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. And the way that was supposed to work out was I booked it in December. And so, you know, in December, there was no shutdown. We didn't know anything was going to be going on. And it, like Jenny wanted me to do it because it's a 40 year anniversary of that show. And Jenny is the owner. And I really do like Jenny. And I like the way she treats comics. And I like the way that she looks at comedy. And I did her podcast at one point. Well, it's the club's podcast. It's the Laughs Unlimited podcast, which I don't remember what it's called. But you can search that online, too. But, you know, we had a really great conversation. And just, you know, when I'm there, she's always been really nice to me. She headlines me. You know, she's just really great with me. And so um, even though the plan was... When I booked it in December, it was like, okay, I'll put other stuff around it and then I'll make it so it's worth it to just do the one night there. And then that turned out not to be the way that it worked out because of COVID. You can't really put together a run like you usually would. And so I had to do it as a one-off. So it wasn't like it was lucrative for me at all. But for me, the important part was actually being there for somebody that actually has supported me when it comes to stand-up. And so, you know, I had to be there in my in in the way my thinking works and the way my value system works. I had to be there. And I was glad that I went because I got to see a part of the what might be the evolution of what becomes live stand up, you know, which we had headphones on. And then you could hear the audience reacting to you through the mic. The audience also had headphones on. We were outside. It was perfectly social distance. They weren't like playing. Jenny is not playing with any of those rules. Like every one of the rules and guidelines that they gave her as far as like, you know, being able to open and stuff like that, she is fully respecting. So it's a really good model, I think, for people to look at, you know, because there's plenty of space between parties. Everything's outdoors. Um, you know, people don't have to be close to the stage because I have the mic and it's going directly into their their headphones. I also have headphones on so I can hear the laughter that's going through the mic too. And so you have to adjust your timing a little bit. But, you know, it's not at all hopeless and it wasn't at all to me um, like a, such a terrible thing that you can't work around it. So, like, you know, that was great for me to see because... It does get a little bit disappointing sometimes that what you love to do isn't, uh, you know, really an option. And some people, I guess, would be a little confused when I say I don't want to be on the road anymore. But then I also say that I love what I do. Well, I love performing like that. I don't know that I would want to give up. But like being on the road or doing this kind of stand up where you're on the road as much as I was, especially in the last two years, you know, like the road, the road, I don't feel like I have a lot of that left in me, you know, like I'm just, it's exhausting. And so, um, but I still love the performing, you know, I love especially crowd work or, you know, that kind of person to person and seeing people at their happiest and, you know, all the, 
all the best parts about doing stand-up, you know. But then also, like I said, there's the newer comics that are all about cancel culture and what's politically correct and what's acceptable and what's triggering. And that, too, is like making comedy less fun because it's like, how about you just write a good joke and if people laugh, you enjoy that. And like when other comedians do good jokes, even if they're not in line with your political beliefs or the way that you see things, that you just accept that they're a good joke because you like doing stand-up, because you love stand-up, because you know you like to laugh, because you like seeing people laugh, because you like making people laugh. Like these are the things that like for stand-up, for me, that are so great about stand-up, you know, is all the happiness, all the the laughter, all the, like, good times and giving people memories, you know, whether it's their birthday, which I mentioned Andrew Jacobson at the beginning and saying him happy birthday. And I know I have a terrible singing voice and I always hate when I have to kind of do that or I always hate when I do that kind of stuff or have to do that kind of stuff because, um, you know, it's outside of my comfort zone, but I force myself to do it even though I do it in a jokey way. But, like, Andrew Jacobson is somebody that's really supported me and I don't know where he first saw me you know I would imagine my Joe Coy days because he's been around for a long time and he's also really supported me through a lot of stuff you know been a really good positive uh, voice for me and stood up for me in certain situations and you know like he's just one of those good people that you end up meeting when you're doing stand-up you know or when you're performing and so um like you know i i like that part too like making friends and having people you know follow your stuff and actually care what happens to you and it it shows a good part of the world for me you know like all of that stuff so with a lot of what's happening, it, it just doesn't make me happy the same way when, you know, it's like, is somebody going to write a, bl a blog about this stupid joke that I do because I don't have time for that? Or when I was having that situation with the LGBT center, which I'll tell that whole story. And uh, the LGBT center, though, was great when I went to visit them. It's kind of... Um, Telling the story will be easy because I'm going to write it out and fully tell you guys the story so you know exactly the way it went because so many people stood up for me during that that I feel like you guys deserve the full story. And um, But I also don't want to badmouth the LGBT Center here in Las Vegas because the way that that meeting went, they really did give me a lot of leeway and I had a previous relationship with them from before, which I'll also talk a little bit about. But it was... Um, it was productive, my meeting with the LGBT Center in Las Vegas. And so when I tell the story, I don't want to in any way disrespect them. Um, but I also, like I said, feel like it's an important story to tell. And it'll show, like, you know, how some people get involved that really shouldn't have gotten involved and, like, make it into this big thing when it's really, like, my purpose is to make people laugh. That's like my job. So that is my first intention and the, f the way that I go at everything. But when it comes to like LGBT and me trying to explain, I'm trying to be a little bit more of a bridge between people. 
So when I have people trying to cancel me or getting mad at me when I have the best intentions, I'm not worried about your cancellation because I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing anyway. I'm just going to send your cancellation back, give it a quick return to sender. You can have that. You can do whatever you want with it because I've been doing the kind of stuff I do for a long time now. And a lot of people that I work with, you know, I've been working for for a long time. So not only do they know what it is they're going to get when they have me or a version of what they're going to get when they when they decide to have me. They love that. That's the reason that they book me. Um, but then I have people that aren't related to comedy or sometimes the affected community trying to tell me what it is I should and shouldn't be saying. And that's kind of taken some of the fun out of it, you know. So um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a little more in charge of what I do. And uh, even though I stay pretty good at being in charge of what I do, but um, a little more in charge of what I do and... The direction it goes and the way that I work it. Can you work it? Work it. No flipping it. Reverse it. I said, almost said reserve it. Put my thing down, flip it, and reserve it, girl. Anyway, um, be on the lookout. I'm going to put the Patreon out soon. And so then you guys can make sure I get my lunch money. There are going to be a couple tiers for you guys. We'll start off real low, like a $5 tier, and that'll be you know, Bijou's rent because that bitch got to cough some up, you know. I've been I've been paying for her deposits that are non-refundable everywhere that we've lived since we've been together. Um, you know, I make sure we always stay places where she can stay. That little girl has really gotten a free ride for a long time. So if you guys can help her out because I will evict. That's what you guys don't get is that Bijou is very cute, but I will evict. So... This has been a ranty one, you guys. I hope you liked it, though. So whatever, whatever, and everybody stay unbothered.